What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war, and poverty. Oh, wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. Oh, my goodness, wake them up, get them up, get them going. It's one of the great days on the sports calendar. March Madness is underway as of about five hours from now. Basketball galore. Hope you've made your plan to be a part of it and find a way to watch as much basketball as you can today, tomorrow, and through the weekend. The madness is here. It's also South by Southwest week. It's spring break. A lot going on in the ATX and a lot to do on this here show, the show of the people. Appreciate you being there, however you find us. This morning and every morning, maybe 104.9 on the FM dial, AM 1260. Also find us on our uh, uh, mothership at 104.9. Also digitally on the Horn app, wherever you go. If you're going out for spring break this week down to the coast or wherever, take us with you and keep up with all the basketball action, all the Longhorn action on our on your smartphone there with our Horn app. Also, always streaming on your smart speaker at home or work. Just say, hey, turn on 104.9 The Horn. And, of course, go to our website where you can play our bracket challenge and also stream it live and local every single day, all 24 hours a day at hornfm.com. Good morning, Mr. Godbold. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Hood, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so much for what you do. It is appreciated to all out there. Please be careful. Looks like it's going to be a wet one today. Yeah, I said at that the other time. day and got yelled at because it didn't rain. But, uh, yeah, it does look like it's going to rain today. But that's okay. This is one of those days oh, you want to yeah. buckle down and you don't pull go up anywhere in the house. Anyway. And, yeah, it rains supposed to about a 30% chance at 7 this morning. And then really all day just a chance for rain. Uh, and there was a lot of music going on. The inter- the music portion of South by Southwest really cranked up yesterday and really cranks up today with all the uh, the shows and the free shows and the free concerts. Uh, but, you know, they'll have cover. And you can go from... Bounce from place to place, watch hoops and watch music and enjoy Austin, Texas. Or just sit on your couch or sit on your Lazy Boy, wherever you're going to watch it. And we'll get out to Twin Peaks with uh, Harge and Rod this afternoon. Uh, with Ball Don't Lie, they'll be watching uh, basketball as well. Longhorns tip this evening about 625. We'll preview it. Also, the NFL's league year is open and a ton of news yesterday, including the Cowboys uh, bringing the end to the Ezekiel Elliott era. We'll talk about it and all the moves that went down yesterday. Uh, big night at the World Baseball Classic last night and a terrible scene as well, which we'll get to. Uh, we have an absolute ton to do uh, as we get this uh, Thursday underway. Is your bracket uh, completed? Done? It is. Fini? Fini, yes. Mine is not. I'm a procrastinator if there ever was one. I will do it as the show progresses because I'm having a hard time with some of these final calls. Do you have a final four you can reveal or do you want to wait on that? I'll wait. We'll wait on that. T.Y. is your uh, Ty Henderson, our producer, through the glass. Is uh, your final four set and bracket in place? Not quite. Ooh, you're kind of like me. Wait till the last, because uh, you have until 11 o'clock this morning, four hours and 56 minutes as of now, to get in and qualify for the Horn Bracket Madness 2023 Challenge uh, at our website, hornfm.com, four hours and 56 minutes to get them in before the games 
tip off at 11.15 this morning. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Uh, so get them in and have some fun, you know, whether you get it in on Monday or get it in by, you know, the last, the wee hours of this morning, uh, get it done and you'll be playing through us with us through the week, three weeks of basketball beginning this morning. Actually, it, uh, the, the field of 64 was finalized last night with a couple more play-in games. So it's going to be a busy one. Yeah. As you said, the way wet one. Yeah, but that's not going to be all that bad. It'll be fine. Next week, the, we get, we have some cold temperatures Sunday night and Monday. Oh, what's yeah? We're like, I mean, like real 30s. cold. Yeah, like thirty-eight, thirty-nine degrees. What's going on? Supposed to be spring and sprung and then all that kind of stuff. And that'll be it for us. That'll be it, right? Yes, because the uh, we need we need better weather next week because you know what's coming, right? Dell match play, absolutely NASCAR and all kinds of stuff. So we'll uh, deal with it. But yeah, this is a good week to sit in and watch some basketball or weekend and. Uh, uh, certainly get out and see some music in South by and whatnot that's going on. Hey, let's get to all the headlines, trending topics, get you caught up as you get up and out. There's a lot going on, including the uh, Longhorn baseball team making it seven straight. UBO Business Services brings it to you. We'll start over at the dish last night. Texas baseball, yeah, finished off a midweek sweep of North Dakota State last night, 7-4 final. Uh, Eric Kennedy went three for five, hit his first two home runs of the season, drove in three. Dylan Campbell also hit his first long ball of the year. Longhorns extend that win streak to seven. All have come during this season-long 14-game homestand, which will continue tomorrow. And they'll open up a three-game homestand, uh, three-game weekend series with the University of New Orleans. We're going to talk to head coach David Pierce coming up this morning at 8.30 about the uh, progress of this team. In college basketball, field of 64 is set for the NCAA tournament. Fairleigh Dickinson and the Arizona State won the final two play-in games last night. FDU whipped Texas Southern. They secure the 16th seed in the East. They will uh, play Purdue now in round one. The uh, top seed in the East. Arizona State rolled past Nevada. They're now the 11th seed out West. Big dance tips off this morning, as we said, 11-15. 16 first-round games, including the second-seeded Longhorns facing 15-seed Colgate. That game at 6:25. The season, season this evening. Our extended pregame coverage here on the Horn goes live at 5:30 today. Lock it in. Big day in the NFL yesterday. The opening of the league's new year and an era has ended in Dallas. The Cowboys have released running back Ezekiel Elliott after seven seasons. 27-year-old two-time rushing champion will be designated a post-June 1 cut. Will save the team nearly $11 million towards their salary cap this season. Team owner Jerry Jones said in a statement that the decision to release the the team's third all-time leading rusher was difficult but necessary and mutual to provide salary cap flexibility for the team and to, quote, allow Elliott to experience free agency. Also yesterday, Aaron Rodgers and his saga took another turn. Four-time MVP quarterback appeared on the Pat McAfee show and confirmed that he is planning to play this season and intends to be playing for the New York Jets. He says any delay in making that move are because the Green Bay Packers are digging their heels in on trade compensation. In Philadelphia, the defending champion, NFC champion Eagles, keeping a pair of their defensive cornerstones. Official word that defensive tackle Fletcher Cox has agreed to a one-year deal. Pro Bowl cornerback Darius Slay is going to remain with the team as well. In Kansas City, the defending Super Bowl champs are losing a pair of key cogs. Cincinnati Bengals and offensive tackle Orlando Brown have agreed to a four-year mega deal. Wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster has agreed to a three-year deal in New England, meanwhile. World Baseball Classic last night. Clutch performance from Team USA. They took down Team Columbia 3-2 to secure a berth in the WBC quarterfinals. Mike Trout had three hits, drove in all three runs. Stars and Stripes will now face Venezuela on Saturday in the quarterfinals. And a terrible scene last night at the WBC also. Star New York Mets closer Edwin Diaz suffered what appears to be a pretty serious right knee injury. It happened during the team's on-field celebration after they eliminated the Dominican Republic. He will undergo an MRI today. 
This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Well, that's a shame for the Mets if, if that knee is screwed up because, I mean, that's not an injury while playing. That's an injury while celebrating. Yeah, I mean, this is bad, bad scenario for the World Baseball Classic, right? You want to do this every four years, but you don't want key – you know, major league stars getting injured, but you know they get hurt in spring training too if they're you know, playing spring training games. But yeah, it was a, you know, the Dominican Republic were the preseason tournament favorites in this. If you're if you haven't kept up with the World Baseball Classic, uh, the United States are the defending champs, but everyone you know they were the, the odds favor were Dominican mm-hmm. Republic, and last night Puerto Rico eliminated them, so they're out. So there's a big celebration. Edwin Diaz got the final out of a five to two win. Everybody, of course, corrals him around the the mound and jumps up and down and. Somehow everybody scattered, and he was laying on the ground with a what appeared to be a knee injury. His brother, who plays for the Cincinnati Reds, was the first person to embrace him, and I don't know what you know, just land awkwardly. Yeah, tweak. Yeah, it didn't happen. Playing happened. I hope it's just a tweak. It didn't look like it. He left on like a like a wheelchair kind of thing, and let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah, I mean the New York Mets. He's a high price closer and uh, one of their best players on that team that has Absolutely. a high ceiling this year with the with Buck Showalter. No, they don't have a high ceiling. They're the Mets. They're not going anywhere. But well, I hate I mean, to see were, that happen to his career. They were a 100 win team last year, were they not? Yeah, they're, not still, the Mets, they're, they're but, the Mets. They're I mean, the Mets. There's the Mets and the Jets. Yeah. And they're just going to be that's, what they that, are. That's who they are. <laughs> they're going to pay a lot of money for players and they're going nowhere. But that, yeah. I hate that for his career. You do. You do. I mean, that's and for the team. I mean, obviously, yes. if that were if it's a serious knee injury, he won't play this year. Almost certainly they signed him to a mega contract. And, and you know, the baseball's been really good. The World Baseball Classic, if you haven't been watching it, um, I love baseball. And, you know, I'll also say this in the commentary. The pitch clock, the games are going faster. There is a pace to these games that you like. I know there's been a lot of talk about it and criticism they of it. They look like they're used to it now. Yeah, well, it is what it is. You just uh, better get used to it. it. It moves. The game moves. And there is, I mean, I guess as, the, as, a, as a longtime baseball fan and player, you don't even think about it. But, yeah, there was a lot of dead time where guys were lollygagging around the mound and mm-hmm. getting it out of the box and, uh, you know, let's go. And, no more know, lollygagging. No more. Just speeds it up. And, obviously, the new rules with the shifts and the new rules with, uh, you know, base running and things, it's it's producing more balls in play, more runners in motion. Uh, you're able to see the athletes. You know, baseball over the last couple of years have become a lot of home runs, strikeouts, and not a lot of action. Uh, and that was the goal of these rule changes despite what uh, baseball purists are, are uh, think about clocks on baseball. But either way, I've been a fan. I've been, they've been fun to watch. And the USA got a big win last night. Uh, Mike Trout and company getting the win for uh, Team USA. Yeah, and you hope the best for Edwin Diaz. That is a, uh, that's a tough one for sure, especially the way it happened. And his poor brother, I mean, he, you could tell his, the look on his face was he, he might have caused it or feels like he was part of let, making that happen. I don't know. Uh, just, a, just a terrible scene there. It was a great scene last night. Uh, well, didn't be a great scene. It was an interesting scene in the NFL with Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Zeke Elliott released a lot going on. We figured on as, as we figured what happened on the first day of the league's new year officially. What do you make of Zeke out? Uh, kind of had to happen. Well, yeah. I mean, they didn't have really many choices for that. That's a, just a business decision. Well, we said we told you at the end of the show yesterday. If you're adding up the salary cap, when they acquired Stephon Gilmore from Indianapolis uh, and agreed to the deal with the Colts. You know, when the league near year begins, all contracts become official, and you have to be under the salary cap by league rule to begin the league, the new year. It's just part of the deal. And so in order to acquire Stephon Gilmore and absorb his, I think it's a $12 million contract that he's got, to bring that on uh, along with signing 
some of the other guys that they had agreed to contracts to, Leighton Van Der Esch and Donovan Wilson, they were going to be over the cap if they didn't cut somebody. And the casualty was was Dak Prescott. Excuse me, was Dak Prescott? Was Dak Prescott's best buddy, Ezekiel Elliott? He is the third all-time leading rusher in the history of the team. He was, uh, you know, a fixture. The well, the bell cow running back for a long, long time, obviously. And his, uh, it's his, a business. And I, I love the uh, Jerry Jones quote. He gets to. We're happy for him to experience free agency. Wish it could have been about four or five years ago. <laughs> but Don't we experience homelessness? Some people experience yeah. homelessness. That, uh, Zeke gets to now experience free agency, which he believes there's a team out there that you know want to want to pay him some money to play for some football. I'm not sure what the market's going to be for a old war horse 27-year-old Yeah, they'll pay back. him some money. We'll see. We'll see. But we do know, look at the, if the price is right, there's teams that they still want running backs. They just don't want to pay him a lot. We know that. Yeah, here's a million and a half. How's that for a deal? So many deals done. Take yes. it. Take it. Got a text from my, my good buddy who's a Detroit Lions fan saying, why did the Detroit Lions sign David Montgomery and let Jamal Williams go? That it, doesn't make any sense. That what is we weird, doing? isn't it? It is. Jamal Williams scored more touchdowns than anybody in the league last year. And David Montgomery's not. He's a decent running back. He's nothing great, but you probably could have got him. It's a kind of a similar deal. And, you know, the, the cold reality of, of uh, professional sports and football so yesterday we told you that the uh, the, pa- the Patriots receiver Jacoby Myers signed a three-year, $33 million deal with the Raiders and Josh McDaniel. Well, yesterday the Patriots, his former team, signed Juju Smith-Schuster to exactly the same deal. Three years, $33 million, which he took to Twitter and said, oh, man, cold world. It's a cold world. Like, if you, essentially saying if the Patriots had offered him the same deal, he would have stayed. They wanted Juju. They wanted Juju. See ya. Juju's now got a ring. Juju's got a ring. Thank you to Patrick Mahomes. But uh, they're losing their left tackle, Orlando Brown. How about Joe Burrow? I mean, they're trying to upgrade that offensive line in Cincinnati, without a doubt. Orlando they're doing Brown. everything they can because they know they got a big paycheck. He's got a big paycheck coming. Well, they need to get ready. They are, yeah, they're about to sign him to one of those mega deals oh, we're yeah. talking about. And uh, he's a great player, but he takes a lot of hits. Like he's been the most sacked quarterback in the league the last couple of years in Cincinnati. So they signed Zeus Brown. Orlando Brown Jr., away from Kansas City. They didn't franchise tag him. Remember, the Bengals lost both of their starting safeties in free agency, but they understand their best player is Joe Burrow, and they have to protect him. As you said, they're about to sign him to a huge contract. Uh, You protect Joe Burrow, keep him upright, you're going to have a chance every year. You let him get hurt, your season comes to an end. So they invest in the left tackle. So, yeah, a lot of moves in the National Football League. And what do you make of Aaron Rodgers? Says, hey, I'm – I haven't made an announcement, but I'm planning to play. The Jets know that, and just this is the Packers holding this thing up. Well, the Packers are they want they want the right compensation. I don't know if they're going to get two first round picks and all that stuff. They may get a first and a third, and maybe a first, second, and a third. But I don't think they're getting two first round Rodgers. But I mean, I guess the they hold the key, don't they? Don't they hold all the cards, Green Bay? Of what you got to give back to us for this guy. Correct. And he has a contract that has to be negotiated, right? I mean, he just one year ago, like yesterday, he signed a $150 million contract extension with the Packers. Uh, a lot of guaranteed money in that, too. So that has to be figured out how much of the uh, that the Packers are going to take on, how much the Jets are willing to take. And that's kind of the Jets thing. The Jets don't want to take on all the contract and oh, give up first-round right. draft picks. If you're willing to give up some. But the owner wants, he wants another Broadway Joe in there. Woody Johnson wants the, the and again, according to Aaron Rodgers, the deal's done. I mean, there, and he was he was you know he's normal Aaron Rodgers. He's he's not real happy with the media painting painting him as the person that's holding this thing up. He's like, I'm not holding this up. Hey, well, it's the Packers. They, they, I mean, there's a list of things that 
they, he thinks that they said that he wanted that he really doesn't want. But you'll find out because you'll see all those different guys that he wants to join his little gang there, yeah. his wide receiver. They'll, they'll end up there. Well, Alan Lazard has been signed, but he, he alluded to the fact that uh, this idea of a list of players that he wants is, we'll is overblown and created by the media, of course, and uh, fictitious. But he's planning to play. Can they work this thing out? It's about compensation and what do you give up? And I look, it's a, it's a it's a balance. I mean, the Jets are probably willing to give up the trade compensation to get the quarterback, but they also want the the Packers to take on some of some of the salary uh, and the cost. You don't want to you know, the Jets don't want to do both. Give up a lot of you know two first round draft picks and take on the whole contract. Uh, the Packers need to to absorb something. Uh, in that that situation, well, the Green Bay has got what they need. They need well, that quarterback badly, but and Green Bay needs those draft picks. Well, I mean, look, I mean, we've seen this. And I'm sure the Packers are sitting on the fact that Russell Wilson went from Seattle to Denver last year, and that that brought what two first round draft picks mm-hmm. or heavy draft capital. Then the then the Broncos signed him to a new contract. This one is different in that the Packers have just signed Aaron Rodgers, and now they're going to trade him. There was also the Matt Stafford trade, um, and remember in that trade. The the Rams sent a third round pick and two first round picks, two first round picks and a third. To and as well as Jared Goff, remember the part of that deal was the quarterback. Yeah, was, was that the the Lions were going to take on Jared Goff's contract uh, and give up three pretty high draft picks, two firsts and a third. And the Lions have been happy with that deal because they have the sixth pick in the draft this year in They're April. A nice year. And Jared Goff was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC last season and. They're happy with that situation. They're they're probably not going to draft a quarterback. They're going to run with old Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. So there is some some pretty immediate. Your well, it'll, it'll I mean examples the, of how this when you has look happened. At the, when you look at the Jets roster, it's a pretty good roster. So if Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, he can really make some good things happen here. But boy, he's going to a division that's got some just wow. Yeah, I mean it's Josh Allen. Tua, um, when he's upright, Tua is Mac Jones. Yeah, he'll I mean, be whole, a little bit better. The whole conference is is just silly right now, as far as as we've said. Maybe the eight, Plus, or, eight or nine. Just of the top remember, 10. he signed a contract last year, right, with Green Bay one year ago. That guy will be a pain in the ass after this year. If they're not in the Super Bowl, believe me, when the season's over with, there will be drama. There will be well, drama. Look, we're, we're all going to get we, – we, we, you and I and anybody that does yes. this job are in the interesting business. We're going to get it all – This dude in New York is interesting. Oh, this to is, me it is. I think it's great. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I mean, there's – but we'll Win see. Win or I'm, lose, it, this is great for us. For, for, for sports talk, this is absolutely wonderful. Every week will be something special. Well, I think the whole – you know, days of our quarterback lives oh, in that conference never are going to be phenomenal. And be, you know, eight, eight or nine of the top ten quarterbacks in the league play in the AFC now uh, and are fighting for one spot in the Super Bowl, which makes it uh, tremendous. So we'll, uh, you know, the Packers, by the oh, way, the have Jets not responded. Fans, this is a beautiful thing. They the, are the, and the Giants and the Jets fan with fans with this is perfect. Daniel Jones getting a big contract. This is great. All right, so a lot to get into. We'll get uh, Baker Mayfield assigned with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a one-year deal. There's a ton of deals out there uh, that are official now and uh, a lot of movement. I think it's about 160 now players have gone from team to team or re-signed with their own team. The Cowboys, even though they re- – they, let me say this about the Cowboys. They, they've – you know, if you go back about a month, we were giving the Cowboys what their offseason playbook should be. They've they followed our advice to a T. I mean, they, they franchise tag Tony Pollard. They've in, they've invested in their defense to solidify that side of the ball. They've cut Zeke Elliott to essentially the Zeke Elliott release pays for Tony Pollard's contract this mm-hmm. year. Uh, the the eleven million dollars in savings they kept Van Der Esch. kept Van Der Esch, kept Donovan Wilson, 
uh, acquired Stephon Gilmore, which was a nice piece, and now I think they can uh, they can settle in. And what is Dalton Schultz doing? Is there anybody yeah, that... looking for a team? Looking for a team? Are they going to pay the big money for that guy? Who? The Cowboys will not. I know the Cowboys, but has anybody... somebody will. Uh, we just haven't gotten to look. Yeah, I mean, just yesterday we saw. Yeah. The, I mean, this has been going on for three days since Monday, uh, as far as negotiating goes. But you just yesterday saw the receivers start to go off the board a little bit with Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith-Schuster, we talked about. Um, but this, you know, the tight ends. He's the top tight end, and many he and Mike Gesicki from Miami. Uh, those guys have not signed yet, but I'm sure conversations are being had around the league. But uh, Cowboys won't have Dalton Schultz back. They're moving forward with. Ty Henderson's guy, Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson. And I think they're going to draft a, high, a tight end pretty high in this Fergie. draft. Fergie. Fergie. So, yeah, we'll talk plenty of NFL. Keep you posted as the uh, developments come through, and they will, I'm sure. And take your thoughts on the whole mess. This says if the, if the Longhorns win this whole damn thing, does Chris Beard get a ring? Of course he will. Of course he will. If they win the national championship, he, he built the team, hired the staff, uh, whatever, however it ended. Well, they need to win it now. because if they don't win it, people should be pissed at Chris Beard. For jacking up the season. Yeah. Well. All this great stuff about Chris Beard in Mississippi, that guy cost University of Texas a lot. Well, they have have an opportunity. This team has uh, taken the ball and run with it, uh, and Rodney Terry has done a heck of a job. And, and I don't know what that guy has to do in order to get this job. I don't know what Rodney Terry has to do. He's been here twice. You know enough about him as a person. Are, I mean, you, are you saying they should just call it right now? Well, they should have called it right after they, after they won the tournament championship. I would have. Been, it would have been a great time to give that guy say, "Hey, here's your new coach, and let's move on." I mean, they still use use people still use the interim tag with him. Guy's been coaching since December. He's yeah. been the head coach. They, no, nobody ever says you're interim assistant coaches. But when they use the term with Rodney Terry, they say the interim head coach. No, we they don't ever, on this show. We call him the head. coach. No, he's the coach. He's been head coach since. There's still a decision to be made when the season is over of who the head coach is going to be. Uh, I think that's fair, but I think it's becoming more and more likely that it's Rodney Terry, but it, I, there's going to be conversations with other people. That's going to happen, I believe. But now, if they make a run into the second or third weekend or win the whole thing, that's going to become obvious. And I you know, I, I haven't heard you this adamant about that he well, should. He's number five in the nation. He, he won a tournament. How often do you get to beat Kansas in the same month? Has people, how, how many teams have beat Kansas back-to-back times and beat them that bad? Nope. Not many? Nope. Not many since we've been around, right? No, nope. I mean Kansas has dominated this league, uh, but again, it's a decision. Chris Del Conte, Jay Hartzell, knows they're going to have to make. They made the decision to move on from Chris Beard in early January, uh, and make a change. And so, but again, Rodney at that point was moved from acting head coach to interim head coach by, and you can say what you want about people calling him that, but the university still re- refers to him as that uh, because it's that's the tag that they gave him, and Chris Del Conte gave him. Um, it, it hasn't. Now they gave him a, a boost in salary because he's been running the show and not an assistant coach this year. Uh, but same time, a decision has to be made on that. Rodney Terry's putting a lot of pressure to make it uh, his job. But yeah, I mean, they, I mean, I, I know a lot of people have called for this to happen. UT hadn't done it yet. UT is going to do a search, I think. Sure. And it's because I've said many times, this is not a one-time decision. This is a ten-year decision. Who is going to be the coach? Of the, is who's the right coach for the program for the next decade? As they move into the Southeastern Conference, if the determination is it's Rodney Terry, um, then then you go there. But there 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 are going to be conversations. Well, right? there's no doubt. 
This says, beat the Aggies and the job is yours, Terry. Yeah, well, they got to get by Colgate first. That's get by Colgate and the Aggies have to get by Penn State. Hey, coming up, a uh, quick timeout. We're going to check in with some some good friends of the show this morning. Ari Temkin will join us, Sirius XM, Big 12 Radio. Talk about Ari's bracket. He's a big college basketball junkie. And, uh, uh, you know, he's talking on a daily basis about all these Big 12 teams into the tournament. There are, are uh, eight of them. Uh, excuse me, seven Big 12 teams are into the tournament. They'll uh, begin play today. We'll talk to Ari about his bracket. Um, all the Big 12 teams and his thoughts on Rodney Terry and the Longhorns and their chance to make a run. That'll be coming up. We'll also uh, continue these conversations with the NFL. Craig Way has his report. We, uh, the Craig Way report this morning. We've got B&E Facts of the Day. It's b and with you. It's Bucky and Aaron. Trying 11-15 this morning. First games tip off, or first game tips off. And the madness is... Here, West Virginia and Maryland. Good one. Big 12, Big 10 in the first game at 11-15. Furman and Virginia. A lot of folks picking Furman in the upset of the Cavaliers. Keep an eye on that ball game at 11-40. Then Utah State, Missouri. Howard and Kansas at 1. And then games all day long until the uh, the wee hours of the of tonight uh, with the late games. The latest game of the, of the night buck will be that Texas A&M-Penn State game along with UCLA-UNC-Asheville. Uh, A&M and Penn State tips off at 8.55 tonight, just before 9 o'clock, and then just after 9, Asheville and UCLA, the two-seat out west, will tip it off. Longhorns, of course, at 6.25 If the If the Big 12 is the best conference in the nation, who who do you guys – I mean, the SEC was okay this year. Would you still say that, um, he, that um, the Big 10 would be the second best? Uh, Big 10, SEC, both have eight teams in, uh, so – you know, probably. I mean, Alabama's Still, the number one overall seed total. Right. Uh, Purdue's the one seed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as you know, overall Big East. Uh, I, I think the Big East is better than Big Ten. That's we'll it's see. interesting we'll these see. conferences behind the Big Twelve this year. Hey, keep in mind, real quick, before we go to our very special guest and good friend of our program, uh, Ari Temkin. Let me remind you: if you uh, are planning to get out to Twin Peaks and be a part of uh, Ball Don't Lie and our, our pregame coverage and game watching, that's at Twin Peaks in Round Rock today. Rod, Harge and Rod will be there starting at 3 o'clock. And if you've been used to listening and streaming to Longhorn basketball games on our Horn app, let me make a quick and quick announcement to you. And it's so easy to do typically listening to Texas basketball. But because it's an NCAA deal and it's now March Madness, if you're going to stream the game, you have to download something called the Varsity app to be able to listen. You can't just do it through our hornfm.com app this year, this time around. So make sure you go to our website to learn more. You can download that app. It'll give you all the instructions you need. But want to make sure people who are used to streaming those games, I know a lot of you do, make sure you go to the website, learn about the Varsity app, or else you're going to be uh, not being able to stream that game tonight at 625. Let's go to the Vaqueros Hotline, uh, Sirius XM's Big 12 radio host and great friend of ours. is our buddy Ari Temkin up there in the Metroplex. Ari, how are you, bud? I'm great. What's going on, guys? How are you? Nobody works as hard as you do right at this time of the season or any time of the season, Ari. I, this is this has got to be great for you right now. There's no there's no breather here. Don't get a chance to be hanging out with the baby. You're just working twenty four seven, aren't you? I mean, it's you know I love the divisional round of the playoffs in the NFL. Like those those days are fantastic. You know, there there are certainly great sports days throughout the year, but today and tomorrow to me, there's nothing better. Uh, than these next two days. And, you know, I'm sure some of that is painted by the fact that I'm a Kansas grad, so college basketball is so big, the University of Kansas, as opposed to college football. But, yeah, it, it's there's just nothing like this. I mean, it, as E just pointed out, you start at 11 a.m. and you go all the way until 
12 midnight, and then you do it all over again tomorrow. There's yep. 64 teams right now, and by the time we get to Saturday, there's going to be 32. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and then 16 by, by Monday when we come in, and uh, that's what's great about it. Uh, one and done, elimination. And your uh, alma mater, Kansas, the defending national champs, and they're a one seed again. Bill Self's done a great job. He's back on the bench. And when you're talking uh, Big 12 basketball on Sirius XN's Big 12 Radio, Ari, what's pick up this conversation for us. We've obviously talked about it a lot here. Rodney Terry is uh, you know, taking over for Chris Beard. At what point does Texas just make Rodney Terry the head coach? You've seen enough basketball. Uh, what, 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 what are you hearing on that front? Do you think Rodney should be uh, given the opportunity to be the, the full-time coach, or do you think there's going to be a search? Yeah, I mean, that uh, obviously has been a huge topic for us, too. And, you know, look, yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to feel like what he's done so far wouldn't justify elevating him to head coach. But I also understand why. Um, you know, it, it's, it's Texas. It wants the shiny, flashy things. And, you know, and that's not to say that Roddy Terry doesn't end up getting this job. But, I, you know, I – I think you're looking at a long, deep run uh, that would that would need to justify it relative to maybe other schools or other situations that would would probably have made the decision already. Um, and look, I mean, if you've got the money and you you've got your sights on a big time, big name coach, then you know, shoot for the moon. Why not? But everything that Rodney Terry has done so far has been incredible. I remember. When the Big 12 season ended, I wondered if Chris Beard were their coach, what would their what would their Big 12 record be? Would it be better? Would it be worse? Would it be the same? Hard to argue that it'd be worse. Hard to argue that it'd be better. So, you know, I, what's funny too is I, I have Texas going to Final Four in my bracket. I have them beating Houston in Kansas City, um, and it, it, it's funny too because as a Kansas grad, like. While I wanted the Midwest and wanted Kansas City, I would not have wanted Kansas to play Texas in the Elite Eight in, the, in Kansas City. We've got to have seen what that looks like the last two times now. Um, so I, I suppose I prefer playing potentially UCLA or Gonzaga if they even make it that far. In fact, that Kansas was in the UConn in the, in the Sweet 16. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think – and I said this when Chris Beard was hired. I thought Chris Beard would win a national championship at Texas. And obviously that's not going to happen now, but – this is a team that was in position to do so and still is. And even though I have them losing to my eventual champion in my bracket, UConn, um, I, I, the talent, the experience, the depth, and, and it's not as if Roddy Terry has been a liability in any capacity. In some ways you could say he's probably, you know, done, done some things to influence winning in this team. I mean, maybe the one knock on him, you, you could say is, did, did he develop some of these young guys? And, you know, Morris has kind of come into his own of late. What about Mitchell? You know, some of these, you know, big-time prospects that looked at being top 10, top 15, top 20 picks in the NBA draft no longer look like that. And I wonder how much that is attributable to Ronnie Terry. At this point, I'm just, you know, looking for things. So, I, you know, I'm not totally certain of that, but that's just the one one thing I could point out. But um, that's potential. But, yeah, I don't think there's any question. The body of work, you know, winning the Big 12 Conference Championship and being cl- I mean, clearly Kansas and Texas were the two best teams in the best conference in America this year. You could argue that even though Kansas won the Big 12 regular season, Texas was right there with them, and, and you know you, you give them credit for being as good as Kansas was this year because obviously those two wins down the stretch of the season show you that. Uh, Ari, uh, Bill Self's health. I mean, this is a – I know that they wouldn't put him back out there, but, you know, the coach is going to have a lot to say about it. You know, the doctors are going to say one thing, but the grown man who's, you know, who's liable for himself being the head coach in the university, he's going to want to be out there. Physically, this is a uh, this is a very stressful time. I mean, he's used to winning. He used to be in full into it. Uh, do you worry a little bit about him and health wise uh, during this time of the year? 
as you get ready to this kind of pressure cooker for him, for Bill Sell? Yeah, no question, uh, Buck. I mean, and not just, you know, for this season, but long-term. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens this offseason when Bill Self sort of evaluates, you know, his life and his legacy. It's true. And, you know, what, what, what his priorities are. And, yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a scary situation. It is, you know, I, I expect him to coach, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. You know, and I don't even know what the factors are that play into it. You know, is it how do you feel when you wake up? I'm do you need to win another championship? Yeah. Uh. Right, right. I, I mean, you talk about that high intensity, high stress, you know, long hours. You know, these guys aren't eating the healthiest. They're not taking care of their bodies. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised this does not happen more often, given the, the factors and variables involved in coaching, especially, I mean, really at any level. But, but you know, certainly when you're at Kansas and you have the, you know, pressure that he puts on himself. I mean, there's some just remarkable numbers that have come out of this season and really the, the stretch for, for Bill Self at Kansas. I mean, 22 consecutive seasons that he's been a top four seed. 22. That Number two on that list is Purdue and Gonzaga, who have six. 22 straight seasons with a top four seed. I mean, they, they've won 17 the last 20 Big 12 championships, won or had a share of them. So, I mean, this, this is a guy that has just has, has reached unparalleled success at a university that invented basketball. <laughs> yeah, and he was great at Illinois and Tulsa before that. He's just a great, great coach. You yeah. hope the best for him and his health. And now uh, Ari Temkin is with us, Sirius XM's Big 12 Radio, uh, also former colleague of ours, doing great work. Hey, Ari, you said you had UConn uh, in the Final Four. That means they're going to beat your Kansas Jayhawks, as we just talked about. Uh, what what, what uh, separates UConn for you over the Jayhawks when they get to that uh, that round there on the second weekend? It's really hard for me to be objective about this when it comes to Kansas. And so every year, it's like I go into the bracket, and I'm like, I'm not going to pick Kansas, I'm not going to pick Kansas, I'm not going to pick Kansas. And then inevitably, I end up doing it. But this year is different. <laughs> it's hard not to have the Bill Self thing in the back of your mind, but not even that. On the court, um, this team has a really good starting five. I think their, their backcourt is – those are two of the best defensive players in the country in terms of Kevin McCullough and Dewan Harris, but they have no depth. Uh, and, and McCullough is dealing with back spasms. We, he's played a lot of games in college basketball, and you know he, he had to miss you know a big portion of the Big 12 tournament due to those back spasms. So I just I'm just not comfortable and confident to think that he could play you know this many games and and play at a high level. And then when he has to go to Joseph Yesifu or you know. Uh, any, I mean, Bobby Pettiford, they just have not really had much in terms of their backcourt beyond those two guys. And, you know, so, look, I mean, they, they, they've put it together. They've cobbled it together. They've, I mean, Jalen Wilson's been phenomenal. He's the first-team All-American. Um, you know, you look at some of the, I mean, again, their starting five is really good. It's just the depth beyond that, that that I struggle with. And then, I mean, one of the big pieces all year has been, you know, their inability consistently against teams with length and, and their front courts. And while they have improved, I think the emergence of some of their younger players um, has helped. UConn is just hard to match in terms of their size. I mean, I don't know that it's ever happened, but I'm willing to bet based on some of the Ken Palm numbers that if that game happens, UConn and and Kansas in the Sweet 16, UConn will be a favorite, even as a four seed over a one seed. So it just goes to show you how difficult this West is. Uh, The Big 12, it's really remarkable how – did not get the respect deserves in most cases. Uh, You know, I I mean, I think Texas – you know, you could have made a case for Texas to be a one. Um, you, you certainly could have made a case even more so after last night's game, the way Nevada just got absolutely spanked that Oklahoma State should have been in this field. And then you heard, you know, some of the reasoning and rationale from the, the 
uh, the committee chair. It's like, what? You know, he, he mentioned Kansas didn't get a higher seat over Houston to get the Midwest because, you know, Houston's quad one and quad two record was a better winning percentage. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but Kansas won 10 more, literally 10 more quad one games than them. What, what, what are we even talking about here? What is the quad two factor in? Like, it, it, it's, it's just remarkable how the stupidity of it. In, in fact, his rationality made me more upset about the draw. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just think, it, you know, and then you, you look at UConn and Gonzaga playing on the other side of that, even if they are able to get by UConn. You basically have road games in Vegas against either Gonzaga or UCLA, who both play their conference tournaments in Vegas. So, you know, Kansas travels well, but this is a situation we saw in 2007 when Kansas was one seed and UCLA was a two seed, and they played that regional final in, in San Jose. It's like, I don't really understand what the advantage is for Kansas to be. Like, I guess you get the bye, quote-unquote, in the one in the one sixteen matchup as the one seed. Beyond that, it's like, I mean, I would rather Kansas have been the two in the Midwest <laughs> than the one in the West. Yeah, based on you know being in Kansas City. Ari, how about for for the Longhorns? Uh, the the big Dylan DeSue is starting to find his offensive game, and the guard play has been solid all year long. But uh, it just seems like the time you know eventually they're going to face teams that just have bigger guys. I mean, they they they've got that mid level six eight six nine guys that have been just dog fighting. As you know, you've seen them play all year. Texas has been getting after it. Whether it's guys coming off the bench, diving on the floor, getting loose balls. But eventually they'll come up against a couple big men, real, real big men. And will Dylan DeSue still be able to offensively get his game going and continue to get his game going? Because I think he's, his emergence has been just absolutely fantastic for this team down the stretch. Yeah, there's no question, Buck. I mean, they, they don't win the Big 12 Tournament Championship without him. I mean, Marcus Carr has been so good this year, but he's, he's also been up and down. And, I mean, the fact that their front court stepped up the way that it did when their back court was struggling – just shows you the depth and versatility of this of this team, and yeah, I mean, well, and, and hopefully Timmy Allen is is healthy and ready to go. But I mean, it's Bishop, it's Allen, it's Desue, it's you know, it's Carr, it's it's Hunter. I mean, it, it, Serge Ibari Rice. Like, there's just not too many teams that have this kind of scoring and depth ability inside out. Now you're right, they're not, and that's why I have them losing to UConn in the Final Four. UConn's got that size, and I think can really take advantage of a Texas team that though they have a good front court, can't match big-time size like some of these other teams have. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, when you look at some of the boxes, you kind of want to check, you know, so there's like this, the Ken Palm stat where there's, you know, never been a national champion that's been lower than outside the top, I think it's top 20 and uh, top 25 in Ken Palm offense and top 20 in Ken Palm defense. I mean, Texas checks that box. Uh, Texas is depth. Texas is experience. Their ability to score inside, their ability to score outside. I mean, the only question mark here is Rodney Terry, and is he even a question mark at this point? Yeah, no, I think it's well said. Uh, Ari, you've got UConn, Texas. It sounds like what the rest of your final four before we let you let you wrap up and get to get to your job today. I really, I'm, I don't know if I don't know if I'm just so anti Alabama that I'm picking Creighton to come out of that region, but I'm picking Creighton as a final four team. I think they're a dark horse final four team because they've been playing like a top ten team the last couple of weeks, and their their stretch they lost three games was without Kalkbrenner, who I think is an important piece to there. So I actually have Creighton coming out, but again, it's probably more so because I'm just anti-football schools also being good at basketball as a Kansas grad. Um, and then uh, and then who's coming out of the other region? Oh, and then I have Duke coming out of that region. I don't, I don't feel great about the the, uh, the Alabama or the Purdue region, but so I've got Creighton, Duke, Texas, UConn, and UConn win the national championship over Duke. There he is, Ari Temkin, uh, Sirius XM's Big 12 Radio, uh, doing great stuff there. Ari, thanks a lot. Good conversation. Enjoy the madness, my friend. We'll check in again soon. Thank you, Ari. Yeah, you guys as well. Take care. There it is, the madness. 
Yeah, Bill Self. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Probably should have. That you know, whatever happens with them in this run, that's Bill true. Self that could be it. That she could step away. You, couldn't deal with, you deal with a heart scare like that. Um, you never know. Um, it's but, not like uh, you need another championship. Yeah, he's been great. And the Rodney Terry story will continue to uh, to percolate. But he's got Texas in the Final Four, but losing when they get there, that would be uh, similar to the team 20 years ago with Rick Terry, with Rick Barnes on the bench that made the run to the Final Four as a two-seed and then lost to Carmelo Anthony in the uh, Syracuse Orange in New Orleans. So uh, get your brackets in, hornfm.com. It's Bracket Talk all morning. Also the NFL, the end of the Zeke Elliott era in Dallas. All things we're talking about. First, here's Craig Way. It's Bucky and Aaron. Indeed, March Madness is here. Brackets, get them in. HornFM.com. Thank you to Ari Temkin. We'll talk more Texas basketball coming up. The key for the Longhorns to me is defense tonight. When they play Colgate, Longhorns the better team. Can they stop one of the more efficient offenses in college basketball? If they do, they'll have a chance to run away with this game. If they can put the clamps on that three-point shooting in that Colgate offense, because Colgate not very good on defense, uh, we'll get to that coming up. Also, Aaron Rodgers on uh, the Pat McAfee show yesterday confirmed he intends to continue to play and wants to play for the Jets. Says the holdup are the Packers. They need to work out compensation with the Jets. Now, how about this, Buck? Aaron Rodgers has 10 seasons, 10 seasons in which he's thrown for 4,000 yards or more in his career. I'll give you a number in our B&E Facts of the Day segment. The New York football Jets have had one season in which a quarterback threw for over 4,000 yards. One time. Joe Namath, 1967. That's Man. it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers by himself has 10 of them. <laughs> 10 times over 4,000. The Jets as a franchise. Please get this done. Have Uno. It'll get done, yeah. He's also one of two players in league history with four MVP awards, the other being... Peyton Man thing. Peyton Manning with five MVPs. So we got a lot to do as we get you rolling here on a Thursday morning. Get those brackets in. Talking football. Zeke Elliott's career is over uh, in Dallas, at least, at 27 years old. Cowboys moving on for him. Tony Pollard will be the feature back. But I don't think there's any doubt and that the uh, Cowboys will be looking to draft a running back coming up. Will it be B. John Robinson in the first round, which a lot of Longhorn, Longhorn fans and Cowboy fans are hoping for? I don't think it's out of the question. Because, look, Tony Pollard's never been the workhorse of a, of, a, of a team, right? He's never been the lead running back. He probably sh- he was the leading ball carrier last year for the Cowboys, but, you know, he's coming off an injury, too. You can't just think he and Malik Davis uh, are going to carry the mail as, at the running back position for the Cowboys. This is where a nice draft pick. But this is a nice draft for running backs, including Bijan. Oh, yeah. I think there's some guys you can get that you're going to like. You've even talked about Roshan Johnson. Yeah, for them, the for, what the, for what they have, for the three guys that they would have, that would be plenty, I would believe. Complimentary? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Roshan kind of could replace the the style of running that Zeke Elliott brought, that physical, tough, hard-nosed runner. Short yardage guy and nose for the goal line. I mean, he could do all those things, pass, protect. I mean, he would be – I mean, he'd almost be like an H-back because he can come out of the backfield and catch the ball too. You know, he he didn't measure out as tall as I thought he would be when he got to the combine. He's only just over six foot. But, yeah, I think think Roshan – because Tony Pollard's kind of the the explosive player – uh, threat to score on every play, you know, five, six yards per carry, and also in the receiving game. Malik Davis is a nice back that uh, is going to be in his second year out of Florida, uh, and, and Roshan would be a nice compliment. But obviously, you'd hit the home run with uh, with Bijan. Oh, for sure. Buck ons and buck offs, folks, on a Thursday. Buck on to March Madness. Also, buck on. You see this, Buck, that uh, Z Tejas, the restaurant downtown, is closing its, its doors? Z Tejas on 6th Street? That thing's been open since 1989. One of these days, we'll get our friends. You think they own, they own the building? 
Is there is there a problem? Are we know. talking are we talking rent? Somebody the rent's going up or something here? I don't know. But Z Tejas, you know, that that was Larry Foles was a part of that project way mm-hmm. back. Nineteen eighty nine, Buck. That's a long time ago. Jack Gilmore was he a yeah, part of that? Well, that, that one, the stories have been told. One of these days we'll have to get Larry Foles on to tell those stories. But Jack Gilmore was the head chef at Z Tejas, and that spun off all the all the Jack Allens, the Cover Three guys, my friend Travis Tindall, his wife Tamara at Hay City Store. She worked there with them, right? Yeah, I mean Moonshine, Hop Dottie, all these restaurant concepts kind of stemmed, kind of kind of. You can go back to Z Tejas in the, in the '80s and into the '90s as the fulcrum. And uh, they're Absolutely. closing that. They're closing that restaurant. And of course, Larry Foles, the restaurant tour, the father of Nick Foles, the quarterback. A lot of cool stories there. But yeah, buck on to Z Tejas. Closing its doors. All right, we'll be back. We'll pick up the buck ons and buck offs. Hit your coach's corner. Lot to do. Glad you're with us. Get your brackets in here on the Horn. It's 1049-1019 AM 1260. Streaming always on the Horn app, on your smart speaker, and at hornfm.com. 